My name is Jaquetta McClung. I am the great-granddaughter of Quanta Parker. This is a narrative of my memories of the post-Mennonite Brethren mission, the teachings of those missionaries, and how it all impacted my life. I'm almost 80 years old. So this is a long story, even though I have um, shortened it. This mission was located north of Indiahoma, Oklahoma, in what is now the Fort Seal Firing Range. When I think about post-oak mission, the first thought that comes to my mind is that I would never have experienced this life had it not been for my grandfather, Chief Quanta Parker. Actually, he was my great-grandfather. And we always just called him grandfather. He was a designated leader of the Comanche tribe. I can envision Quana riding a horse, leading a missionary to the place where he would allow them to build a church and a school for his people. In my mind, he was not so concerned about the church since he was a leader of the peyote religion. Rather, he wanted a school for his children and all Comanche children. The story is that he would give the missionaries a land for a church if they would also build a school for the children. The teachings of the church and the teachings of the school were major influences on my life and have shaped who I am today. Just think, for almost 80 years, these teachings have guided me through every aspect of my life. I can still vividly see the small white frame church with its bell tower that rang when it's time to start church services. Children would come running from everywhere the land that Quana had given to the missionaries was an elevated area. So it seemed that the bell, to me, could be heard for miles around. The backdrop behind the church to the north was the Wichita Mountain Range. To the east were the creek and the trees. It was beautiful. For those who needed a ride to the Sunday services, the church provided an old school bus and a station wagon. My father, Baldwin Parker Jr., drove the bus, so our large family had to get everything ready on Saturday night. Baths were taken, clothes were ironed, we still ironed in those days, and shoes polished. Mom was, Mom was always up early preparing the lunch that was taken to the church. After the service, everyone had lunch together in the dining hall. To this day, I still prepare lunch for our small congregation, and we share a fellowship meal right after the service. I can still see everything inside the church and the people who sat in the same places each Sunday. We all had designated areas. There was a, a small, elevated Across the front of the church, 
the choir sent to the sat to the east of the stage. Along the east side was a small area for the non-English speaking Comanches. It was amazing to me that while the preacher was giving the message, there was an interpreter speaking in Comanche to the non-English speaking group. Behind this was a glass enclosed nursery. The rest of us sat in the middle part. For the praise and worship part of the service, we sang English hymns and also sang Comanche hymns. My family and my mother's family attended all services. Grandfather Pete Coffey Jr., no, it was Pete Coffey Sr., was a deacon in the church. To this day, my family and my children, and now my grandchildren, all attend church. There were two events in the church that were my favorite memories. The first is that when I was about 10 years old, I accepted Jesus into my heart, and I have served him all of my life. The other memorable event was the Christmas Eve service. It was fun. It was a large, there was a large Christmas tree that touched the ceiling. In fact, it was so big, it took several men to erect it inside the church. It was fully decorated with the usual decor, but it also had an unusual decor of lots of white socks thrown all over the tree. Scarves or handkerchiefs were tied to the socks. Sometimes money was inside one of the socks. The children hoped to receive one of these socks. In those days, all Christmas gifts were brought to the church and piled under the tree. <laughs> Makes me want to laugh. After the Christmas program, the gifts were distributed to family and friends. Now, that all seemed like a lot of work <laughs> to carry the gifts to church and carry the gifts back. But, of course, today we don't carry on that tradition. But the Christmas traditions at the old mission give me fond memories. Another event was the annual camp meeting. This was a week of revival services. Families built large arbors, pitched tents, moved in beds, tables, cook stoves, and anything else needed for the week-long camp. I can see the teams of horses and wagons used for this move. There were services for the adults and classes for the younger ones. It was fun to camp overnight. In the morning, the working men would go to work in the city and return for the evening service. Imagine the entire family giving a week to spiritual revival. We don't do that today. As a youngster, the teaching in Sunday school and the classes at the camp meetings were where I learned the most stories and teachings of the Bible. But there was another place where my learning was expanded to include academics. So now I will speak about the post-Oak Mission School. Well, my dog is barking in the middle of this. <laughs> the post-Oak Mission School consists of grades one through eight. I graduated in 1954 from the school. Of course, the original school began at the old mission and it was later moved to the town of Indiahoma. 
the original school consisted of one room. I could still see the pot, pot belly stove in front of the room. I must have been one of the younger ones because I recall that my desk was near the front of the room. I also remember my first teacher, Miss Ruth Weems. Another thing I remember was that there was a small, narrow room along the back of the classroom. This is where Miss um, Sarah Grunow prepared the lunch for the school children. I can still smell the German rolls that she made every day. In fact, my mother learned to make those same rolls. I didn't carry on that tradition. Wish I had. What I remember most is that the missionaries instilled in me a love of learning. All the teachers were so dedicated to, to all aspects of our learning, and they had, they had a, a way of teaching that was fun to me. My grandkids get aggravated at me because I say learning is fun, and when you learn to have fun, then classes won't be any problem. We also learned a lot of Bible verses. I can still recite the first verse I ever memorized, 1 Corinthians 10:13. We also learned to sing and learned to play the piano. Now, we had to sing or play the piano whether we wanted to or not. But that was a good thing. The teachers even would even play softball or basketball for, with us. For little Indian kids who were well-rounded in the Bible, academics, athletics, and even music. Of course, none of us became opera stars and none of us played in the NBA, but many of us went on to achieve graduate degrees. In fact, when I graduated from the eighth grade, I had to attend Indianoma High School. As a freshman, I was about one year ahead of the India Home students and graduated as valedictorian of the high school. I truly believe it was the teaching of these missionaries that gave me the motivation to attend college and pursue graduate degrees. That's kind of an overview of how I became who I am, who I am today what I do, how I live, what I believe, all came from the choices that Quanah gave to his people. In terms of religion, we could practice the native peyote religion or the Protestant religion. We could go to our parochial school through the eighth grade or the state secular school. To me, it was a teaching in my early years that formed the basis for my morals, my beliefs, and molded my character. I still serve the Lord and teach my children, grandchildren, and the children of the church. In fact, every young child, young person in the church calls me grandma. I'm not their real grandma, but I am their grandma in the way and in the church. So I would say, Thank you, family. Thank you, missionaries. And thank you, Grandfather Kwame, for your vision. Were it not, I think it was Kwame's vision that put the Comanche people ahead 
they were able, more able, or we were more able to integrate, integrate into this, to this way of life, and probably made it easier for us, for us, because he paved the way. And when I think about him, when I think about my father, my my grandfather, and all of those, we were all put on this straight and narrow path, and that has guided us in our life, in our entire life. Thank you. <laughs>